Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Thanks for the hot take, Ooh. Andrew. You should have your own show. Welcome to the show. We have a pretty good one for you guys today. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel. It's a jam-packed show. Episode 36. We are really moving along here. We've got Magic leaving the Lakers. We have to talk about it. I know every other podcast in the world is talking about it. But, of course, you come to the South of Sanity for takes that are unlike any other. So I got you on that one. And then, of course, Dirk and Dwayne Wade retire. We have a little bit of the playoff matchups. Alvin Gentry says something really dumb. And then we got Yankees Corner, which is what we're going to start calling when we talk Yankees. And it's very important today because today is the day after they lost to the Astros yesterday and the day before. So we are really breaking it down for you guys today. You're not going to want to miss a single second of it. We're going to jump right into the show. So let's go. So Magic Johnson, this is, this is a story that is front page on ESPN, front page on every single sports blog right now. It's... Not Dirk Nowitzki doing his little retirement deal. It's not Dwayne Wade and the players chanting Paul Pierce sucks, which we're going to get to because I thought that was really funny. No, it's Magic Johnson, the most famous Laker. I know I had to talk about this on Twitter yesterday with some Laker fans, but if you think about it, Magic Johnson, the most famous Laker of all time. It's not Will. It's not Jerry. It's not Shaq. It's not Kobe. It's Magic Johnson, okay? Five-time champion. Uh, He is the 1980s for basketball, him and Larry Bird, the most famous Laker. The fact that they couldn't keep him in the building, to no fault of their own, he wasn't a very good GM, not a very good president of uh, basketball operations, not a very good frontman for the Lakers. He didn't do what he needed to do with Luke Walden. He didn't really build a team to put around LeBron James. Okay, so he was not good at his job, but still, the fact that he is leaving the Los Angeles Lakers at this point in the season, where the season's not even over yet. We haven't even started the playoffs yet. This is a move that you do when either A, A, it's a press release you put out today, or you put out Friday. You put out right before the playoffs. So, like, the playoffs will eat this story up. This is not something that you do on the night that Dirk Nowitzki, that Dwayne Wade, NBA legends in their own right, are retiring from the game of basketball. It's just not something that you do. And I thought that in that, just on the surface, if you would have told me Magic Johnson leaves the Lakers on a Tuesday night in April, any other Tuesday night I'm fine with. The fact that it was the night that Dirk and Dwayne Wade were leaving, that's the first big issue that I have. Now, the problem is, is it doesn't stop there. The problem is, is that he not only left basketball, but he didn't call Jeannie Buss, didn't call the owner, kind of just said, hey, I want to talk to her, but, you know, if I talk to her, I might get talked out of this. Well, no crap. You would have got talked out of it. It's your boss. 
And the owner of the Lakers. The Lakers owner isn't going to let Magic Johnson, the greatest Laker of all time, walk away. That's not something that you're going to do. It's bad for business. It's bad look for the Lakers brand. A brand that is suffering in 2019. A brand that you bring in LeBron James and you put Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson next to him. They can't make the playoffs. Not a good look for the Los Angeles Lakers. A team that has won more championships in the last two decades than any other NBA franchise. Okay? Like, it... Facts. I'm sorry, but those are the facts. Let's go last three because we'll grab Magic Championships in there too. Look, him leaving, not great. But the problem is, is that it's a non-sports story. Like, it's non-news. I know we just talked about it for four minutes, but hear me out here, guys. This is a story. The Lakers and L.A. in general, L.A. sports in general, between the Dodgers, between USC, between the Lakers, they give us more non-sports stories, more non-stories than any other city in America. If this happened in Milwaukee or Tampa Bay or Cincinnati, then nobody talks about this. Nobody cares if the greatest player in Tampa Bay leaves the city because he just wants to have fun on Twitter again. He wants to join NBA Twitter, wants to get these mean tweets off. Right? He wants to congratulate Russell Westbrook on a 2020-20 game without being called for tampering. Wants to bring in Ben Simmons to work with him. Uh, look, Magic Johnson, I thought that he was smarter than this, to be completely honest with you. But he's looking more and more like Bill Walton than he is Larry Burton. I'm going to get into that. Bill Walton, everybody knows he's a yuck-yuck guy. He's a great guy on these telecasts. I like him, too. Look, he did a really good job in post-game for the national championship on the radio. I loved him. Okay, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that you wouldn't want this guy running your team. You wouldn't want Bill Walton calling college kids, trying to get them figure out what their draft stock is. You wouldn't want Bill Walton calling NBA free agents, trying to get them to come and join your team. Right. That's not a knock against Bill. It's just a fact. Larry Bird, on the other hand, proven NBA head coach, coach of the year, proven NBA GM. He got Paul George, proven NBA player multiple-time MVP, multiple-time NBA champion, right? We would expect Magic to be more like Larry Bird than Bill Walton. And after last night, I cannot promise you that I don't think less of Magic. The Magic, the GM, Magic, even the person. You don't leave your job like that. That's not a good look. So it's a non-sports story. I don't think that it actually matters all that much. Uh, but it's in the news. I wanted to talk to you. I don't think anybody else is going to tell you, tell give you that take. I don't think anybody else is going to tell you that Matt Johnson's more like Bill Walton than he is Larry Bird when it comes to this type of stuff. The other thing is too, and the question that a lot of people had on social media, the question a lot of people pushed on Twitter, and I, I'm not one of those people because I don't think this is kind of a crazy idea. It's been a joke, a long running joke on the internet that LeBron James is actually the GM of every one of his teams. It's not Danny Ferry. It's not Pat Riley. It's, it's LeBron is the GM. LeBron is the guy that has to go get the players. LeBron's the guy that tells you who to trade. LeBron's the guy that tells you who to draft. And now the joke is, is LeBron going to be the president of basketball operations? Is, are they going to make LeBron the new magic? Are they going to put LeBron in that role? I personally, if they do, let's just do the hypothetical. If they do, I don't think they will. But if they do, we can officially say that Jeannie Buss is playing the fiddle while Rome burns. While her franchise burns to the ground, she's having a good old time. Look, they're talking about it everywhere else. 
I'm not going to be the one that says that this is the worst era in Lakers history because it's not. Because in the 1970s, they went to like 10 NBA championship games and only won one of them. All right. That would be the worst part. You don't go to 10 and lose. That hurt. I think that hurts more than going missing the playoffs a couple seasons in a row. So I, I really do think that this is the end of the – this could be potentially the end of the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm not going to say this is the end of the Lakers, but it's getting close. All right, coming up I have Brendan Snow, longtime Dirk fan, longtime Mavs fan. Dirk Nowitzki's retirement yesterday really made him cry. I recorded this interview with him. It's pretty good stuff. Friend of the podcast, so you know it's going to be good stuff. So this is it. Brendan, it's been a long time. I've missed you, buddy. It's been a while. We – uh. We used to have our own podcast together. We used to always be on air together and other things. And like I said, it's been a while. You don't talk a lot of the things I like to talk about, i.e. Dallas. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Dallas. So Dirk retires last night. He scores 30 points. He has his whole farewell unofficial tour the entire season. Last night he made it official. I know you cried, so break it down. Yeah, uh, I spent that whole night you know, in my room. I'm supposed to be working on a paper, but that completely consumed me. Just watching that whole game, all the emotions to it. The Mads had this plan for a while that... They pretty much were like 95% certain he was going to retire, knew he wasn't going to come back. Uh, so that's why they planned the this whole thing. And they started the 41-21-1 campaign, number 41, 21 seasons, one team. Uh, so they got that started and hyped up. And everyone's wearing those shirts. The game was wild. The pregame ceremonies was great. Postgame, uh, you guys saw that. They had all his, he, he mentioned his heroes in an interview they showed on the board. And then all of his heroes came out. It was Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, uh, they lost Shrimp, Sean Kemp, and uh, Larry Bird. Almost got Larry Bird. <laughs> all those guys, you know, mentioned his heroes, and he, he took something from all of them. You even texted me during that and said, "Hey, he's kind of a hybrid of Barkley and Bird." Oh no, one hundred percent. Yeah, when he came in the league, he was the only thing he didn't do as good as either one of them is rebound. But you know, for being a seven footer, he played it was uh, for, uh, face to the basket more than back to the basket. Look. Dirk Nowitzki, for everything I've said about him, he is uh, he's one special type of player. So during the game, he scores 30 points. Dwayne Wade scores 30 points. They combine for 60. Kobe stands everywhere, cheer. Talk to me about what Dirk meant to you, though. Because I know you've always brought up that he's like your hero. You've modeled your bas- your YMCA basketball game after him and stuff. And I get it. Like That's what a lot of like big white guys do but for you especially being a Dirk fan being a Dallas fan first a Dirk fan second it you had to mean more to you yeah uh so when I started when I got into basketball it was probably you know around more of 2005 ish 2004 2005 ish right before their ti- the the, the, the title 2006 yeah. yeah the title run in the, uh, 2006 Miami I got into it maybe a year or two before that I got familiar with it and then that happened and that just kind of really what got me the most excited seeing Dirk in those and uh, just how special he was, how graceful he was on and off the court. Uh, and the fact that the created rivalry he had with the, you know, with Tim Duncan being in his division with Kevin Garnett being in his conference, all of them sharing the same position every single year, you know, them three competing for that power forward, all NBA team uh, spot, first team spot. And it just, I don't know the competition he created and the fact that he was able to, rightfully be right there pretty much every single year with those two guys unexpected when he came into the league uh i think it really shows how special he was and sometimes it's a little overlooked i think now that he's retiring everyone's you know kind of saying oh yeah you know he was great he did all this but like no one thought when this kid you know when charles barkley does his thing and says he 
plays his kid when he's 18 years old. He drops 50 on him and Scottie Pippen. <laughs> I don't think anyone thought he'd go down as the sixth leading scorer of all time. Uh, yeah, and then being my hero, just he was just the, the guy that kind of made me fall in love with the game. It was just that simple. And then when he did those special things like the 2011 title run, made it even, I don't know, just somehow made me even like him even more, even though I thought I'd seen it all and just how special it was, how much it meant to him. You know, like when we saw LeBron win his championship in Cleveland, that clearly meant everything to him. That meant more than winning the. F- when he won that one, he cried in Kevin Love's arms. When he won the first title in Miami, he said, "It's about damn time." You can see the difference in the emotions there, and that's what it was for Dirk. He was more in that 2016 uh, LeBron emotion side. He ran off the court to hide his tears. He didn't want to cry in front of everyone, uh, and just showed how much passion and love he had for the game. That after everything he suffered through with that bad 2016, uh, 2006 loss, they were up uh, 2-0 in that series that he could, you know, get back and avenge it. And kind of after that, the picture of him hugging Jason Terry, the iconic one, yeah, you can kind of see, like, he's relieved. He finally made it. <laughs> he finally accomplished his goal. That's incredible, man. The thing about Dirk that I think a lot of people forget is he's the number nine pick in the draft, right? He's better than the, what, eight guys drafted ahead of him. The guy drafted one below him to the Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce. Right, and what's wild to me is to think now, looking back on that '98 draft class, and I know being the best player in your draft class doesn't mean like a whole lot. Like Kristaps being the best player in his draft class probably isn't going to mean that much in the grand scheme of things. But in that 1998 draft class, especially when you consider the guy that got drafted in '96, Ray Allen, Kobe, Allen Iverson, '97, Tim Duncan, '98, right? You got Dirk Nowitzki being the best player in your draft class. Especially coming in, being a European player, a lot of people didn't think European players could even play in the NBA at this point. We didn't know what to expect. You know, being a Spurs fan, I'm never going to give Dirk the credit that he probably deserves. And I think that's fair. I I don't think, I'm not going to hold any punches on that one. But what he did to the game, and now the, the connection that we have to European big men, to the Luka Doncic's, to the Kristaps Porzingis's. I think that that's going to mean more in the grand scheme of things. Now, I want to bounce this off of you because I saw this yesterday and I laughed out loud. Somebody compared Dirk Nowitzki to the Jordan, to the Kobe, to the LeBron, to the Allen Iversons of culture changers in the league. And I saw it at first. I laughed out loud. I'm starting to kind of think, rethink it. I want to hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, immediately it didn't really jump off to me either, but it was really something one of the... And one of the celebrations last night, they're listing a bunch of accolades and stuff. One of the things they did, they said a global ambassador. And that's, that's what he was. Every time, in you know, the past few years, the NBA had those NBA global games. They'd go play, and they had that those big games like in Africa and stuff. You know, he was yeah, a part South of South Africa and Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a big, he was a part of those and a big advocate. You know, talking to everyone. Uh, uh, I mean, culture-wise, it's not immediately what you think. I can see, like, when you think culture immediately, it's easy to think Allen Iverson <laughs> and what he did. You know, showing up at the press conference and. Saggy shorts and t-shirts, uh, but he—I mean—he definitely did out of, I guess, you know, just kind of add his own culture. And what's interesting to me is with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is now the second greatest international player of all time. You think Akeem, that's fair. 
You think Yao Ming, I don't put him in the same class as Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk is now the second greatest international player of all time. And when it's all said and done, we're never going to get another one like him. So I'm glad that you had this one, Brendan. I know you're, you're wearing your dark shades in the studio. It's, pro, it's tough. He's got to make sure that the, uh, the tears don't roll down. It's a tough look. He's got the Dirk, Dirk jersey on right now. Which is good because this is a Jersey Pro podcast, so it's good stuff. It might be the best day for me to wear it. And real quick, interesting to see tonight if they mentioned he might. I mean, Rick Carlos says, as far, as far as he knows, yes, that he's going to play tonight in San, San Antonio, the last game of the season. Kind of fitting, I guess, one of the fitting places he for him to end his career if he wasn't going to get in Dallas. I guess you know, finish your last game off in San Antonio. A lot of games, or a lot of seasons ended in San Antonio for Dirk Nowitzki, so. Uh, like we we saw the other week that like him how him and Dun- Tim Duncan had the head numbers weren't too far off. Uh, it's just you know a lot of emotions. Yeah, like you said, it's been very emotional for him in San Antonio, San Antonio and American Airlines Arena in Miami probably two <laughs> of his. I don't even want to call him house as a whore. At the same time, I don't know, just uh, a different place for him. Yeah, no, two very important spots. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. So Dwayne Wade also retired yesterday, something that, you know, if you weren't on social media, you didn't see. But if you've been on social media uh, this NBA season, you've seen all of the tweets. You've seen all the memes. You've seen everything. Dwayne Wade holding his jersey with different people. We're going to get into this really quickly because I didn't think that Dwayne Wade's retirement ceremony mattered as much as Dirk's. Which is coming is funny coming for me, somebody that doesn't think Dirk is that special either. But Dwayne Wade's retirement, very... Uh, symbolic instead of Dirk's, right? So let's go through it. Dirk had all this fanfare. Dirk had a post-game announcement. Dirk had thousands of fans cheering his name. Dwayne Wade, on the other hand, had fanfare all year long because he told us that it was he was retiring. Dwayne Wade had a commercial with Budweiser that everybody shared on Twitter yesterday, on Facebook yesterday, on Instagram yesterday. But again, it was a sponsorship. Like so, I lost. I think it lost a little bit on me, especially me, uh, of a cynic, right? Both scored thirty points. Probably the last time both of them come on the court. To be completely honest, I don't see Dirk playing tonight's game. I'm recording this on a on a Wednesday. Playing tonight's game against the Spurs. But unlike Dirk's fans, who were cheering his name the entire time, who wanted him to take Kobe shots, but he didn't let him. He, he took the first five shots and said, this, this isn't for me. He had a big dunk, and everybody loved that. Uh, but Dirk had 30 points. No, instead of chanting Dwayne Wade's name, Heat fans were chanting, Paul Pierce sucks. And they thought that he could go for 60 like Kobe. When Dwayne Wade's not Kobe, right? That it, That's never been Dwayne Wade's thing. I just think that it's funny that they both retire on the same day. And we've talked about this on the pod before, so I don't want to rehash it. But the, the linear careers that these two players have had, and it's just funny to me that Dirk hit his prime, give or take, 4 That Around that area, he wins the MVP in 07. He goes on to 2011. He had a peak of about five, seven years. Okay, Dwayne Wade, similar peak, very similar peak. Dwayne Wade came in the league in 03, played the 03-04 season. 04, he hits his streaks. 05, he really... Puts the pedal to the metal. Oh, six, they win the title. And then a 13 and 12, right? So they, they go, they, he wins three, Dirk wins one. So clearly the ring deal is not there. But I think that the, the overall, overall impact on the game that Dirk had is going to be a lot more than Dwayne Wade. I just thought it was both funny that they scored 30 points and then the complete opposite ways that they got to this point in their careers. 
right? Especially on this farewell tour where fans were kind of guessing Dirk was going to retire. Uh, Dwayne Wade made sure everybody knew that he was retiring. All right, moving on. Alvin Gentry talks about Anthony Davis. Let me tell you something already off the bat. Bad idea to speak of a star that's leaving anyway. Okay, if you're the head coach, just keep your mouth shut and move on. Especially if you're Alvin Gentry, a coach that has not been able to make anything work in New in New Orleans. Somebody that went to the playoffs last year and they won a round, and then this year they didn't do anything really. I know Anthony Davis was injured. I know the whole trade conspiracy was kind of messed up too. But Drew Holiday's a baller, and so is Julius Randle. I'm just thinking that Alvin Gentry should probably have kept his mouth shut on this one. But he says kids got bad advice. Right? He said that he's a nice guy. Seems like he got some bad advice somewhere down the road. Uh, yeah. You know who gave bad advice to? You know who could have helped him a little bit? You, the head coach of the team. Okay? Alvin Gentry. Don't tell me that the kids got bad advice. The bad advice was to re-sign with the Pelicans. He could have gone anywhere. Re-sign with the Pelicans. That was a problem. Okay? That, that's where the problem was gone. I'm saying this now. I'll say it again later. It's going to come up again. Alvin Gentry is not going to be the Pelicans head coach for much longer. I don't know how much longer, but I don't think he's going to be the Pelicans head coach for much longer. I don't think the Pelicans are going to be in New Orleans for the rest of time. I think that they're going to be the first team to move, to be completely honest. Would not shock me, especially with the way the Lakers are burning, and especially because the Clippers just made the playoffs, and especially because signs are pointing that Kawhi wants to go to the Clippers over the Lakers, and especially because Kevin Durant could, on a whim, join the Clippers for a two-year stint and go win a title. I don't think the Clippers are leaving L.A. I think that the Pelicans, playing in a state that cares about football more than anything else, in a state that has LSU and Saints, right, the, where all the money is going to go is to those two programs, I don't see them sticking in New Orleans much longer. Seattle, you might be getting a team pretty soon. All right. Rockets lose to the Thunder on a buzzer beater by Paul George. Paul George hits a game-winning shot, which somebody brought up to me the other day. It was kind of funny because he's not a very good uh, end-of-game shooter. I don't know if anybody knows that or anybody's been keeping up with that, but he's not a very good end-of-game shooter. So Russell Westbrook gets the ball, passes around, gives it to Steven Adams. Steven Adams passes it back. Russell could have taken that three to win the game, but he didn't. He passed it to Paul George in the corner. And the number one take everybody's going to have from this game is going to be, wow, Paul George hit that game winner. Wow, Russell Westbrook passed up the shot. I think what's more important is that the Thunder are playing the Rockets really well as of late. Of the last couple times they've played, played the Rockets, they're not a pushover. I don't think the Thunder are a team that I'm signing up for to win the title this year. But I would not shock me if the Rockets get bounced. And personally, I would love to see the Rockets get bounced. Not only because I think James Harden and Rockets fans are a little bit of annoyances uh, to the rest of the NBA community. But imagine Russell Westbrook winning a playoff series. A, that's huge. But B, he gets to play the Golden State Warriors in the second round. And the NBA playoffs have not been fun since 2016. Like, I know if you're a Warriors fan, you're going to disagree with that take. I know if you're a Rockets fan, you're probably mad because you thought you had a good run last year, and sure, you did. But for the rest of us, it hasn't really been fun to watch the playoffs. Uh, if you gave me Russell Westbrook and the Golden State Warriors in the second round, that's fun. Here are the playoff matchups. 
Right now, one versus eight, Golden State Clippers, Denver, San Antonio, Houston, OKC at 3-6, uh, Portland, Utah at 4-5. I don't love Portland in the playoffs. I don't love Utah in the playoffs. Winner, here's the take for you. Winner of San Antonio, Denver, which I think it's going to be San Antonio. I'm not, I'm not in love with Denver. Uh, winner of San Antonio, Denver beats whoever they play in that second round. So you're going to get Denver or San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals. I think Golden State has going to have a tough, much tougher road, especially if Houston stays at three, and especially if Oklahoma City stays at six. I, I don't think they want to play either one of those teams. All right, well, Eastern Conference. We didn't talk about the Eastern Conference at all on this podcast. Sorry about it, guys. We'll probably talk about it. Friday maybe when we break down uh, the MVP votes and all I'll give my awards out and stuff everybody else is doing it I think it's kind of lame uh, especially if you don't have a vote but at the same time I think that it's important for you know our South of Sandy podcast and the great fans that this podcast has to have a to weigh in on it so send me your tweets at Andrew underscore Zimmel at Andrew underscore Zimmel and we'll break them down for you your MVP defensive player of the year six man of the year coach of the year and GM of the year and give me some other like pretty good awards best dunk best in-game dunk stuff like that we'll see what we can do all right Milwaukee Denver or I'm sorry Milwaukee Detroit Toronto Orlando Philadelphia Brooklyn Boston Indiana that's interesting the last three teams uh Brooklyn Orlando Detroit of those three Brooklyn is the only one that I can see winning their playoff series and we'll break all these down too. But they're the only one I can really see break, like winning their playoff series and making a little bit of a shake. Because Philadelphia to me, it seems like they're that team that has like a lot of, a lot of like co- a lot of moving parts that don't really fit together. So we'll see what happens. All right, baseball Yankees corner. So if you don't like the Yankees, if you don't want to hear about my takes on on baseball, uh, jump to the end of the podcast where we talk about Zion. All right, Yankees corner. Astros beat the Yankees 6-3 yesterday. They win the series now because they won on Tuesday. They won, or they won on Monday, won on Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. They've, they beat them twice. Great. Altuve hit a home runner in the third. Altuve coming back from a little bit of a banged-up season last year. Personally, I still think Altuve is the best player on the Astros. I know Astros fans are swinging around. Uh, like hot dogs in the wind right now because they went from Altuve to, okay, Springer's the best one, to, okay, Correa's the best one, okay, to now Bregman's the best one. Look, I get it. You got four really dude, good dudes over there, but one of them is better than all the rest of them is Altuve, in my opinion. I think Altuve is still the best Astro. I think that when it's all said and done, here's another really good spicy take for you, and Astros fans have heard me say this before, but for the rest of you guys who don't, haven't kept up with baseball or don't follow the baseball scene as much as the rest of us, uh, Altuve might go down as one of the best Astros ever. I think he's already crossing that plane with the championship, with the MVP. I think that if he can go have another couple of great seasons, he'll be a lock for the Hall of Fame, for sure. And I think that he finds a way to get into... I think he gets finds a way to get himself into Cooperstown, and once he gets into Cooperstown, he'll go in as the best uh, Astro ever. All right, Volt hit a home run the first inning though, and Volt stepping up for Stan while he's on the DL is low key the storyline of the Yankees so far. The fact that the pitching staff has been so awful, the starting pitching has been so bad. We have the best bullpen in baseball, according to stats, according to experts, according to everybody but me, I guess. 
Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball, and somehow they gave up four runs in the last three innings in a close game, in a game that wasn't, you know, a blowout. They gave up four runs. Disgusting. Volt filling in for Stan, though. Low-key the storyline of the Yankees so far. All right. Severino, he's got a latch string. He can miss six more weeks of baseball. Chalk it up. Severino doesn't play till the postseason. I don't think he comes back before the postseason. We lost him for the year. It's it's over. I, I know that this is like despair already, but it's not looking good for the Yankees. I don't love it. The only good thing is that the Red Sox are three and nine. All right, Zion, too big. The experts say no. Whole whole take on Twitter now is oh, is Zion too big? Is she not be the number one overall pick? And I bring this up. I draw this parallel. When LeBron was coming out of high school, the argument was, should the Cavs take LeBron or should the Cavs take Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony, the proven college player. Carmelo Anthony, the freshman of the year. Carmelo Anthony, the tournament player of the year. Carmelo Anthony, the Syracuse leading scorer who won the national championship. Or should they take LeBron, an 18-year-old who we don't know what he is. Kobe was good, but is LeBron going to be good? What What should we expect? I think the same thing is happening with Zion. I think people are now trying to overthink this. I think the same thing that happened to Luka last year, where it's like, oh, did we take Luka Doncic, the 19-year-old dude who has four EuroLeague titles or whatever, or MVPs, EuroLeague MVPs, or do we take DeAndre Aiden, the seven-footer, who in the NBA, you need to have a dude that's big. Big guys still are important, right? Big guys matter too. Big guys need love too, okay? And now... I think we're over, we overthought that one. I thought we overthought this one a little bit now too. Because if John Morant goes number one to the to the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks are trying to win games, guys. I don't think the Knicks are the hey we need to win the MVP or win the NBA title this year. Knicks, okay. I think the Knicks are just trying to sell some seats. So let them have Zion. I think that the idea that Zion's too big is stupid. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Look. I sent this podcast to a bunch of different people. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. I know that this is on Apple and Spotify and uh, iHeartMedia. So, love love those things. Love those platforms. Look, this podcast is growing. Love it or hate it, it's coming for your neck, okay? We're the asteroid that's going to kill the dinosaurs. We are the thing that disrupts the entire system, guys. So... Continue to spread the content. Continue to send me the tweets. Continue to be out there and do those crazy things. And send this tweet. Send these tweets. Send the uh, podcast to as many people as you know. All right. Thanks, guys. Much love. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.